Welcome to the Morning News Podcast for Monday, March 15th. We begin with a look at the Phase 2A rollout of the COVID-19 vaccine in our province. We get some clarification of who's now eligible to get the jab with Dr. Ted Jablonski, our on-call family physician. It's an alarming stat surrounding the rate of increasing diabetes cases in Alberta. We speak with a specialist in diabetes and endocrinology on why the number of people diagnosed with the disease has doubled in the past 15 years and what needs to be done to lower the number of cases. Next, we launch our Better Home series, focusing on the many ways to upgrade or update your home. We kick things off with the heart of any home, the furnace. We catch up with Derek Makowski, owner of Furnace Family. And finally, this is Brain Awareness Week. We get details on an upcoming webinar which focuses on the state of Parkinson's disease research. We speak with Larry Gifford, host of the award-winning podcast, When Life Gives You Parkinson's. 719 and today does mark the beginning of phase 2A and the rollout of the COVID-19 vaccine for the next demographic. So are you or one of your relatives now eligible to get the shot? With all the details, we're joined this morning by Dr. Ted Jablonski, Dr. J, our on-call family physician. Good morning, Dr. J. Good morning. Well, we knew this was coming, and it's more great news in terms of the vaccinations being offered. So can you break it down for us? Who's eligible as of today and through this week? Oh, boy. Um, (laughs) So so, um, up to this point, we've been in phase one, and that's been getting everyone who's elderly, everyone who is considered the highest risk. Now we're breaking into this new phase, and part of this uh, was scheduled. Part of this is because we have a huge supply of AstraZeneca vaccine that's come in uh, to the province. Uh, So with AstraZeneca, this is deemed for uh, people under 65 or at lesser risk. Mm -hmm. So that was available as of uh, the middle of last week, uh, and that's rolled out. And essentially that supplies, I believe, has been wiped out completely, meaning Mm -hmm. uh, everything has been booked. So if you try to book that today, I don't believe there's anything left or very, very limited. But today opens up this new, uh, I guess, the next phase of um, for Moderna Pfizer (laughs) for still at higher risk people, um, but in the lesser category. If that's confusing, sorry, I probably made it even more confusing. So the difference is we have a rollout that's been going on. It's been very well scheduled, very sort of phased into the highest risks have been getting it first. Um, that got uh, a little bit of a curveball got thrown in last week because of the a huge shipment of AstraZeneca, which opened up for that lesser risk people. I am booked to get my vaccine today. Oh, good. Oh, wow. Okay. Uh, which is interesting. So people are saying, like, why, you know, didn't first line, I consider myself a first line yes. healthcare worker, but I've only had access to a vaccine as of last week, and that was by your age, uh, so I'm revealing my age here, not because I'm a healthcare worker, it had nothing to do with that. And our own regulating bodies have said, mm, be careful of what you take or don't take, maybe you should wait for the, um, you know, in theory, in quotation marks, the better vaccine, meaning Moderna, Pfizer. But I think I'm going by the premise, and I think, you know, you know on this show today, I would say that um, the more vaccines we get in arms, the better we do. Um, as opposed to trying to wait for the perfect vaccine or, you know, so I, you take your, I think it's better just getting a vaccine. Mm-hmm. Uh, they all prevent severe illness. So the difference in percentages between all these is for, uh, mild or moderate illness. Mm-hmm. Um, so the Pfizer Moderna might be better for that, 
But for AstraZeneca versus all the others, if you're worried about winding up in hospital, winding up in ICU, these are all very, very effective vaccines. So I'd make a strong pitch that everyone needs to get out, sort of where they can get into all these phases and get your first vaccine and get on it. Dr. J, you know, broke down the ages, but I understand signing up, there's a couple of different ways to do it. And depending on how old you are um, and what you're eligible for, you might have to sign up a different way. So can you break down the couple of ways? Okay, so um, so there's uh, online, um, uh, and I'm going to tell you, just doing it myself, it was like buying a concert ticket uh, <laughs> in a very, very popular concert. So things were moving in real time, um, uh, which is quite interesting. Uh, you can phone pharmacies and book, but uh, they don't have their supplies extremely limited, uh, and that may be problematic. You can phone HealthLink and and wait online. I would say that's probably the most inefficient method of, of booking because you could be sitting online and, and the, the lines are getting overwhelmed. HealthLink is, is for all medical problems, not just to book vaccines. Right. So I, I would say that's probably the least efficient way to try to get a booking. The online booking is actually quite efficient. Uh, and it, they show um, essentially, you know, are you eligible? If you're eligible, you get the next step. And then what's available to you on any given day. And then you, in theory, lock, lock into your location. Then it has a calendar and then, the, you know, the dates, the times. And essentially you're booking. And it, it was an incredibly efficient process, as I found out personally. Okay, ahs.albertahealthservices.ca slash COVID vaccine. So you can go yeah. online and do it. And that's the best way. Thank you so much, Dr. J. Appreciate your time this morning. And uh, Good luck getting that jab in the arm. Yes, everyone get out there and get your vaccines as soon as you can. You betcha. Our on-call family physician, that's Dr. Ted Jablonski. 620 AHS health stats show the number of diabetes cases and dialysis use have almost doubled over the past 15 years. It is obviously a major health concern. And Dr. Ashna Gill, specialist in diabetes, endocrinology and internal medicine, joins us this morning to talk about how we need to work to get things under control. Good morning, doctor. Thanks for your time. Good morning. Thank you for having me. Can we call these numbers, can we call this an epidemic when it uh, you know comes to diabetes? I think um, using the word epidemic is more of a metaphor just to draw attention to how serious this, uh, the, the rise in numbers is. Um, technically and historically, you know, we've used epidemic for diseases uh, that are more infectious in nature and they spread quickly to one part of a community or a country, right? Yeah. So uh, although technically it's not an epidemic, but I think the word epidemic really suits um, this whole situation because then it we can kind of think of it as something that really needs our attention right now. You know, Dr. Gill, it's it's, it's one of these things where we could look back, uh, back in the past 12 months, but the information here is doubling over the past 15 years, so we can't mm-hmm. hang it on the pandemic itself. I'm wondering what has changed to, to see this increase in 15 years? Yeah, that's a great question. I think that uh, overall it's yeah, it's not just the pandemic. Um, it is more to do with our lifestyles and um, our diet, particularly, you know, the type of, um, you know, we are all, all of um, the things that we do these days, all the amenities we have are more geared towards making our life more comfortable, mm-hmm. right? So as we get into this comfort zone, everything is done for us by things and technology around us. So I think that has one that's one factor um obviously people are trying to make ends meet um doing you know double sometimes two jobs um shift work 
lots of stress, smaller families, less support with um, with childcare is also, you know, causing people to have diabetes at a much younger age than um, what we used to see in the past. Now I see a lot of uh, people in their 30s or even 40s uh, struggling with this. So I think, you know, growing up in this generation who are now developing diabetes, it is possible that perhaps, you know, there was not as much focus on diet and health in schools that I see these days. Now that's part of the essential core curriculum Kids are taught how to keep themselves active at home even during the pandemic. So uh, part of it is technology, stress, our lifestyles. I think that's all that there is. Do we need a national program to help with these rising numbers of cases? That would be um, really good if we did have something like that in Canada. We see that, um, you know, in other countries, there is definitely, um, you know, a work is being done. And for example, the CDC has a national diabetes prevention program in the U.S. as well. But how effective these programs are really, you know, they they depend on a on a multitude of factors. For example, we do have Diabetes Canada, which is a great resource here in Canada. We have they have their website and resources for people uh, from all ethnicities. For example, South Asians are at five to six times high risk of developing diabetes. So are African Americans, Hispanics as well as indigenous population Mm -hmm. and so with the with the you know they have resources in different languages on their websites but however to put that into action we do need a little bit more funding i guess or some streamlined programs from the government now yeah yeah. good stuff we appreciate your time i have to leave it there for now but eye-opening thanks dr gill yeah thank you that is dr ashna gill diabetes and endocrinology specialist as well as internal medicine 7.49, it's Mornings with Sue and Andy, and today, very exciting. We're kicking off our Better Home series, focusing on ways to upgrade or update your home. Listen every Monday, Wednesday, and Friday at 7.49 as we talk about ways to make your home the best it can be. It's something every homeowner has but sometimes don't want to talk about, and that is a furnace, particularly when you might be having furnace issues. So we thought we'd turn to the pro. Derek Makowski, furnace family owner. Good morning to you, Derek. Good morning to you as well. Uh, thank you for taking the time with us. And uh, maybe I'm alone here, but for me, if, if my furnace starts to make a, a sound or if I don't feel the heat kicking out, I'm afraid to make a <laughs> phone call because I think it's going to cost me a bundle and I might have to replace the whole thing. Do you, do you find a lot of customers approach you with, with that kind of an attitude? They do. I mean, they're usually in an emergency situation because something's not working and they're, you know, it's a human um, fear mm-hmm. of being cold or being ripped off or any of it. And I mean, we generally pride ourselves as being a honest company and we come out and either fix it or repair it and we don't have any high pressure sales to buy 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 and we you know we even give our customers if we fix it and you still need a new one we'll give you 30 days and we'll refund the cost of the parts so we really try to take the pressure and the fear out of getting your furnace fixed or replaced Derek, I can relate to what Andy said. It's kind of that beast that lives in the basement, and you close the door and hide yeah. it and just hope that it works. But, you know, is it something that we really should have someone come in yearly to do a checkup? And, and what about filters? All these things that we don't know about that thing humming along in the basement. Oh, yeah. I could All those questions, I could go on for the next hour. <laughs> but in a nutshell, it is a super good idea to service your furnace once a year. I mean, you wouldn't ever buy a new car and not service it. I mean, we spend money on oil changes all the time where... You know, servicing your furnace just ensures um, that it'll run through the winter and give you peace of mind. 
peace of mind and you, you know have, having a pro in your corner is huge because I had a contractor doing some work in my house and he said you know you, you change your furnace filter and I said oh yeah it's something I can do I'm proud of that <laughs> I change it like once every year or so and his jaw hit the ground <laughs> uh, apparently you should change your filters more than once a year yes you should you should change them every couple of months or oh. if, if there's even appearance of dirt on it um, it is the number one way to drive up your costs of heating and problems is a dirty filter there's no other single source of problems in a system that a dirty filter creates okay and and the filter are they all created equally or do i need to spend five hundred dollars on a filter or can i get the cheapy cheaps well do you want five hundred dollar indoor air quality or do you want cheapy cheap (laughs) (laughs) okay thanks for answering that question we've got got filters there's there's filters for all prices i mean when you're in a hardware store you should spend on a one inch filter ten twelve dollars not a dollar because all that filter does is protects your motor from dust but we have levels of filtration something like the lennox pure air is the most efficient air purifier that money can buy it doesn't just do dust it also does chemicals so depending on what you want to spend is the quality of air you get in your home. Yeah, well, you know, it's interesting because, as you mentioned, Derek, usually we're picking up the phone or getting online last minute because there's a problem, there's an emergency. So how do we find somebody we can trust? Uh, when you're new to the world and just turn on that computer, how do you find someone? Well, do what we all do. I mean, go read reviews. You know, I mean, our company between Edmonton and Calgary, we have over 1,400 five-star reviews and go actually read the content. Don't listen to me that we're the best because, I mean, naturally, it's my company. I think we're the best. <laughs> but go read our reviews and i mean we have customers that i just call them they're they're like a raving fans i mean they actually just go on and on about the wonderful experience and that's you know we all of us read reviews and when we're looking for something that's the unknown you know if i'm thinking maybe there's a potential i've been in my house a long time and my furnace eh, you know maybe i'm thinking do i need a new one or not do i wait do i hurry and buy one What, what are you thinking right now well, right now is a really unique time. I mean, with all the problems going on, um, we're seeing price increases. Like, I've been in the industry 30 years, and I've never seen price increases like I'm seeing right now. Um, if you buy a furnace or an air conditioner this March or April, I guarantee you that in June, July, it's going to cost more than it costs right now. Because, I mean, there's just, we, we, it's the cost of metal, the manufacturing issues that they're having, like costs of furnaces and, and all of our industry is going through the roof like I've never seen. Wow. So, uh, you know, get out, get it done mm-hmm. sooner rather than later. Maybe maybe save yourself some bucks. Uh, thanks for your time this morning, Derek. Yeah, no problem. Thanks, thanks for having me on. That is Derek Makowski, owner, Furnace Family. 770 CHQR's Better Home Series is presented by Furnace Family, Calgary's furnace replacement specialists with 24-7 emergency service. Visit FurnaceFamily.com and also sponsored by Alberta One Call. 842, it's mornings with Sue and Andy. This is Brain Awareness Week, and there's a very important webinar tomorrow featuring four international experts and one bold plan surrounding Parkinson's disease research. Joining us with the details is Larry Gifford, National Director of Talk Radio for our parent company, uh, Chorus Radio. Good morning to you, Larry. Good morning. As a person with Parkinson's and founder of the global coalition called PD Avengers, clearly you're in the know when it comes to the latest research and care. So we're wondering what you can tell us about you and your team and what you'll be discussing in tomorrow's webinar. Yeah, so I'm, I'm, I actually have the privilege of hosting these four international experts, uh, and uh, th- these these are the these are the guys. These are the rock stars of Parkinson's. <laughs> Uh, they wrote a book uh, a year ago called Ending Parkinson's Disease, The Prescription for Action, uh, basically calling on people like me to become more um, urgent in our advocacy. 
for Parkinson's. We need more research dollars. We, we need uh, um, uh, to ban certain chemicals that are linked to the onset of Parkinson's disease, uh, like uh, trichloroethylene, which is a which is a, a, a chemical that's still used today in certain things. Uh, and uh, in the seventies, it was used for whiteout and decaf coffee. Oh, Yay! kidding! Wow. Ugh. Uh, so uh, we want to ban that. There's a thing called Paraquat, which is a, a herbicide. Uh, it does a great job of killing the you know bugs and, and whatnot, but it, it attacks their nervous system. And so what do you think it does to people? It's just a living organism attacking your nervous system. Um, and so there's about, uh, it's still legal in Canada for somewhat. It's very legal in the U.S. It's banned in 32 countries, including China. Uh, and our neighbors to the south use about 8.5 million pounds of this stuff uh, sprayed on their crops every wow. year. Isn't it shocking? You know, we, we know what these things do and yet we continue to use them. And then we see the results and, you know, a disease like Parkinson's, it can be the, the, the result of it. So, okay, we're going to see this webinar. You've got worldwide experts joining you. And I know the red card campaign is sort of part of this. Is that on the American side, though? What are we doing about all this here in Canada? Yeah, so if you go to endingpd.org, endingpd.org, you can learn about the live event. You can learn about the red card. The red card uh, to, for this round is for the U.S. Uh, and just, and just uh, pushing, uh, we're hoping to send 10,000 red letters to the White House tomorrow. Uh, that people have already filled out, and uh, we're asking for more research dollars, banning certain things and keeping the telemedicine alive even after COVID, because uh, Medicare didn't cover it before. Uh, and in Canada, we are actually, I was just talking to Parkinson Canada yesterday, uh, and uh, they they are on the track uh, for, for what their campaign is going to be. Um, this red letter campaign will shift different countries throughout the year, uh, depending on the different uh, focuses. And so I think if you'll, what we'll see is in June, there'll be a big push in Canada uh, for some very specific asks of our government. Larry, you are in the battle. You are on the front lines uh, taking part in, you know, facilitating something uh, like the webinar tomorrow. And I'm wondering if we can have you look into your crystal ball about just how close to an understanding or ultimately a cure. Uh, the, uh, how close are we to finding that for Parkinson's yeah, disease? Cure is cure is a, a difficult one because everybody defines it a little bit differently. What I would say is uh, we are um, on the verge. We are very close to being able to diagnose Parkinson's disease before the onset of symptoms. And once we can do that, then we need a biomarker. So uh, we, we, you know that, that's what that would be. It'd be a test that you could take. Um, like a blood test, uh, which doesn't exist right now, to see if you have Parkinson's. Right now, if you are diagnosed with Parkinson's, they just look at you and see how you walk and see how you move, and they go, yeah, it looks like you have Parkinson's. <laughs> uh, and so th- there's no definitive test. And so we're looking for maybe a couple of those, um, and then uh, we need to find a way to stop it. Uh, stop it from onsetting or stop it from progressing uh, and, and like kind of trap it. And then we need to figure out a way. And this is the long term. You're talking cure. People want to reverse it. And that's harder to do because right now I've lost about 80 percent or 90 percent of my uh, dopamine producing brain cells and brain cells aren't easily regenerated. 
Well, it's going to be a fascinating webinar. You get to moderate it for international experts. So it's, of course, tomorrow. Learn the latest about breakthroughs in Parkinson's research and care, how you can make your voice heard. And everyone should care about this, whether you specifically have Parkinson's or not, because, you know, it being uh, Brain Awareness Week, we really need to pay attention to these kinds of things and, and what we're allowing into our, our food and into our world, don't we? Yeah, for sure. Let's go to ending. Uh, endingpd.org endingpd.org and you'll learn all about it. Thank you so much Larry have fun tomorrow with it and uh, looking forward to learning some more from you. Thanks so much Appreciate it. That's Larry Gifford, National Director of Talk Radio for Chorus Radio